Yeah, just leave it on that one. You can get my Chino vision. Yeah, we got we got we got boomer boomer vision. <laughs> it's eight. <laughs> All right. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Outside Line, episode number 18. Uh, we have drifting on this weekend, so that means we do a podcast. It's the only time we ever do them. Uh, I am Ben. With me, as always, is Mr. Tate. Jack couldn't make it tonight. And our special guest, finally, after you don't have a barbecue to cook tonight, Dale, <laughs> we have Mr. Dale Campaign. How you doing, mate? Cheers, mate. Yeah, good. Thanks. All righty. Um... Well, we usually start off with a quick how how we've been doing, what have we been up to. I know Tate's been doing heaps of work on his car. I've been doing absolutely no work on my car because I have zero motivation. So how's how's it been going, Tate? How's the uh, progress? Yeah, getting through. Uh, just all sorts of random issues with that car, like dirt and the fuel, like electrical noise, frying mist tunes, and just all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't really expect. So... I've done a lot of work to it, and I'm hoping it's going to be out there at round four and five. I uh, have no money, which is a pretty steady state for most drifters, I think. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hasn't been going too bad. Cool, cool. So you're entered for four, round four and five. I'm entered. I because I sort of paid the season. Pass, oh, you did the season pass. It only didn't cost you? me yeah. seventy bucks, so I thought I'd tip my hat in one way or another and see what happens. Um, and the cars at the tuners, but I don't know what curveballs it's going to throw because every time it goes to the tuners, there's an extra curveball that's thrown my way. <laughs> and uh, I'm just yeah. waiting for the phone call to say something weird's happened. So um, <laughs> come pick up your car, we're done with it. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, it's nearly at that stage. So, yeah, uh, hopefully I'll be out there. Well, I'll be out there one way or another. Hopefully, I'll have the car that drives. Very good, very good. And of course, um, you'll be up there, Dale, because you're. Uh, have you already like won the championship already, or is it actually going to be a little bit close this year? Oh, definitely not. It's going to be uh, yeah, real tight one. Um, Dad always sits there and works out the points, but there's nothing to work out this time. We're pretty much even with Scotty Miller. Um, I think with the drop round, we've got a slight advantage, but yeah, without the drop round, we're dead on points. So it's going to be an interesting last round. It's going to make for some awesome battles, I reckon. That's it. And obviously being a double header, so round four and five is going to be on the weekend, round four on the Saturday, round five on the Sunday. So it's like almost half the season's worth of points that you guys are going to, well, if you take a drop round in, it is half the season's points that you'll get is all in this one weekend. So it's definitely heaps up in the air. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's down to whose car lasts as well, I guess. Um, it could easily be down just to that. So let's hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's not anything to do with that and it's just down to the driving. Um, but yeah, the car's been pretty reliable as always. Um, I've got my dad to thank for that. He's always in the shed tinkering away. So, um, you know, every single round he does the nuts and bolts check and make sure everything's good. Um, so, yeah, I've got massive thanks to him and obviously my crew that help out during the week whenever whenever needed. But uh, and, Yeah, Vitaly. Vitaly. <laughs> Vitaly doing all the work. That's it. Vitaly's always, uh, yeah, always makes it reliable as well. So, yeah, massive thanks to those guys. Drifting's definitely not a one-man sport, that's for sure. That is for sure. All right, so Dale, um, obviously most people watching this would know who you already are, but you know, for the people that maybe are more interstate inclined, even though you've won national championships as well, who are you? I know you've, you've been around for, actually you're one of the OGs in all reality. You've been around for so long. So like what has your, your journey in Drifty been? And like 
why have you won so much and what do you what do you think that is because like obviously everything that you enter if you're not winning it you're on the podium basically so uh yeah give us a quick rundown on on the history you've had a couple of cars even though they're all yeah they're all s chassis a little similar but like how how did that all come about yeah i never thought i'd hear that i was one of the ogs back when i first started but yeah started back in i think it was end of 2006 towards the end of 2006 at malala in the G1 state series. So yeah, always watching guys like Monkhouse and Jake Jones and all those kind of guys. Um, obviously Jake started, I think it was, we worked out it was only a year or so after me, um, but you know, all those guys back there, Jack Monkhouse, um, uh, Martel, yeah, always watch them guys. And yeah, never thought I'd be uh, anywhere close to up there, but just stuck with it basically. So went out the first round, I think it was a G1 I entered, um, never went to a practice before, um, entered straight into a comp. Did a little bit of practice, lost my first battle, um, progressed on, went to the second second round, I think it was, straight after that. Uh, I think I won my first battle. And then, yeah, basically just slowly progressed up because I didn't really know anyone on the sport or wasn't really, you know, car orientated before that. Um, basically, it was just, yeah, one round at a time, slowly get a little bit closer to people in practice, uh, whoever would let me. Um, and, yeah, just worked my way up through the ranks that way. And... Yeah, got up into, I think ADGP was the, the first big one we did. Um, looking back at that now, they did a really good job um, basically getting the sport, you know, up to the next level on TV and all the rest of the stuff. So that was good. And, you know, driving with other drivers um, was obviously helped my driving, um, you know, get better and better as I went on. Obviously, the better you drive with, the better you get. You know, you learn tips and tricks along the way. Um, probably my biggest advice is just to take advice from everyone, no matter if they're starting out or... They've been doing it forever because, you know, you just take it on board. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So, yeah, a lot of listening, a lot of seat time. Um, that's pretty much all I can put it down to. Yeah, that's it. So you have obviously had a lot of seat time. So you've, you've obviously competed a lot in South Australia. Then um, obviously winning two championships mm -hmm. with DCA. And then um, obviously the ADGP stuff as well. So... You have driven all over the country and um, overseas as well through um, winning those DCA championships. So uh, it is, um, it's really cool. So really the other question I have is like, obviously your car is like super reliable, which especially being a 400 plus kilowatt RB is um, something that's not super common. You know, normally when RVs start, you know, making 350 plus, they seem to break a lot. So you've had a really good run touch wood, obviously with yours, but like, <laughs> How do you how do you feel like is it like the way you drive is it you know, the mechanical sympathy is it having your dad and Vitali always having hands on the car pulling stuff apart like what do you attribute that to so yeah it's definitely a mix of a few things um, mechanical sympathy because I hate working on cars is pretty a big one um, uh, you know like to, just don't keep the car on the limiter the limiter's there for a reason but there's no need to sit on it all the time. Um, Basically, with with certain events, just go out as just as much as I need to. I get my get my eye in on the on the layout that you know that we're doing at the time, and kind of get off, let the car rest and do its thing. Um, and the, obviously, the main one, you know, Vitali putting the thing together. He's very meticulous in everything he does. Um, watching him put a motor together, in you know, if someone that doesn't know what they're doing is frustrating because it's taken forever, but he does everything right. He does everything once and does it properly um, which is the major thing and again like i mentioned earlier dad with the nuts and bolts check every single round there's little things that would have literally put you out for the round easily if uh, he wasn't looking over and finding those little things um so i'm glad the car lives at his house and that's his hobby he loves loves tinkering along and making up new things that break and you know fix making the car reliable basically I'll, yeah put it all down to that really
I do. Yeah, sweet, sweet. I noticed too because I've been up in the the tower a couple of times this year, unfortunately, when um the comps have been happening. I know that during practice, you seem to be one of the most um the person that comes up to the tower probably the most and is asking for the most amount of feedback. Is that one of the aspects that you think sort of helps you along in knowing what the judges are wanting? Yeah, definitely. I'm very surprised that a lot of people don't come up. You know, the judges are pretty uh, welcoming at most rounds, pretty friendly. And, you know, they do tell you to come up and speak to us in between practice rounds, obviously not when qualifying or anything else is on, but, you know, there's plenty of time to go up and speak to them and ask what they want. Essentially, they're the ones that are scoring. You just don't understand why a lot more people don't go up, have a quick chat with them, you know, just tell them to watch you for the next session. Uh, if it's something you've done wrong, go out there, try to improve on that and go up and speak to them again. Um, it's, yeah, definitely a big part of it. Um, I, I did a bit of judging in uh, one of the seasons I've had off in since 2006. I think I've only had one year off. Um, still did a little bit of driving in between, but I did a full year of judging and seeing it from the other side and, you know, watching people come up, uh, you know, speaking to me myself, me giving them tips, them going out and doing better is a major thing for progressing in championships. So, um, yeah, definitely I'd recommend a lot of people to speak to judges. It's, it's a massive thing. And the other thing I, I was sort of wondering, because I know that you probably have a pretty good setup from doing the national series, um, is the spotter side of things with the communication through the headsets. How, how do you find that? Because I know that, well, it doesn't seem like many dudes in SA run a spotter um, or at least have the sort of you know headset and good, good setup that you'd want to have if you were doing it. Do you find that is a big help or is it sort of circumstantial? Um, so we, we used to run one. I haven't run one for a fair while, actually. Um, on the big tracks, I usually have the phone in the pocket and pull that out and, you know, try to get a quick text message or phone call in. Um, I've, I've found um, these, some of these headsets are really, um, really annoying to have in your ear, especially if you've only got one in. Um, it does affect the sound, like, you know, your, your hearing a little bit as well. So I definitely want to look at uh, upgrading and getting another one of the, um, I think it's the ones that is almost like a round microphone that you stick up into your helmet. I found that to be the most clear, the best one that I've used. Um, and yeah, we haven't run one for God, pretty about two or so years. We've just been on the phone, which is pretty hard at the time. Take your glove off, try to get back around the start line again in time. But um, yeah, definitely, I think that definitely helps, so especially if you qualify high and you're leading. Um, it's very important to know what the person's done behind you, whether you got to do a hundred percent run or an eighty percent run or a seventy percent run, depending on what they've done behind you. Also makes a massive difference to you know, how I chase after a lead if I've got the advantage of, you know, leading first, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's also something I've noticed with the, the way you drive, coming back to having a spotter, knowing what the judges want and being mechanically sympathetic is normally during the start of the day, you're not one of those people that comes out in, you know, in our top 32 or something like that and comes out and absolutely, like, throws 100% at the wall and does all this spectacular stuff. Like I remember one of the rounds we did, I think it was the battle heaven layout where we started, came around the bowl and into the middle. I think you like just scraped into like the top 16 or something because like you were taking it easy and then obviously ended up winning the day. But like, do you find that helps like with easing your way into it rather than going balls to the wall from the get go? Well, yeah, that was one of the topics I wanted to bring up this year. Um, Previous years, uh, you know, it was it was not being a dick about it, but it was basically almost like a walkthrough with it because you had a it was almost like you had a second chance by having the battle rounds. But now mm-hmm. the driving has stepped up that much that you literally have to go out straight away and put on. You basically got to go out there and think, 
well, I've got one to lose. I might as well push hard and just in case, you know, just in case you might stuff one up, you've got that chance. Not not the other way around where I've got a chance, I'll take it easy and try to get in. You just can't do that anymore. The driving stepped up that much. Um, but yeah, back in the day, I was, I remember going, I think I was just scraped into the 16, just scraped into the eight, um, ended up winning the day just because obviously I knew I had to keep pushing. But, you know, that could have been one one mistake away from being knocked out. So Every time, every every single time since then, now I've gone out and I've gone a lot harder from the very start, um, and that's made a massive difference. And I've always sat up in at least the top six or something throughout the battle rounds, which you know takes the pressure off you massively. So I'd basically recommend people to go out and just go hard as they can to start, start with, and you've got that one up your sleeve in case you do stuff up. But just don't think I'll go slow and I've got a second chance to go harder. You've got to go from the start. Yeah, yeah, cool. How much of a strategy change do you have? when it comes to your driving, when you're going into the SA series versus like a, a typical top 32 um, knockout, do you have like a, a very different approach to that? Um, um, not really. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of awesome drives out there um, all over the state, but, you know, uh, all over the country, sorry, but um, SA is just really up there at the moment. Um, I find I have you know, the same, if not more, better, you know, hard, more hard battles in uh, SA series than I've done all over Australia, really. Um, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, like I said before, the, some of the drivers are amazing over there. You've got different levels of cars. Um, you know, SA is still, you know, I wouldn't say they're um, low in any in any way, but, you know, there's, you go into state and there's just mega dollar cars that are going around. My car is pretty much, you know, midfield when you start to go into state. Um, you know, my car is nothing special. It's, all built by, you know, built, built in dad's little shed at the back, helped by mates, you know, there's, we don't have, you know, anywhere near the money that a lot of the people do. We struggle through from every event um, and basically just just make ends meet with it and obviously with the help of good sponsors. Um, but yeah, just take it as it comes, basically, as you go out to those kind of events. Um, you, knowing the cars are a little bit better, I think puts a little bit more pressure on you, but yeah, um, SA Series is definitely up there at this, at this stage. Hmm. Oh, cool, cool. Well, that's that's cool. Um, it is interesting getting this perspective from someone that has driven so much. Like, obviously, um, you've driven three different national series. You've driven the state series. You won victory. Was it 2011, 2012, something like that? No, I think it was nine, 19, I think it was. Oh, okay, so it was later. Yeah, yeah it okay. was 19. There's a, there's a big checkup behind you. I saw it the last time I was there. Right? <laughs> I, I didn't know you won bloody Victrift as well. Yeah, so... I was, we decided to go over there because Graham with GH Hawley, he's, the, he's, a, he's a massive, massive help. To got, it's basically got me to where I am. He, you know, he started taking all the cars from SA um, yeah, to all these events. I think we had like I think eight cars in the field at one point at ADGP. It was all taken by you know Graham over in his truck. So... He was a massive help. Uh, his main bread and butter is uh, Adelaide to Vic. Uh, so um, we thought we'd give it a crack one year. He said, let's do it. Uh, we went over there and, yeah, fortunately, we, we only just got up over Justin Gruner, which is, a, they call him the Dale of uh, uh, Victoria. He's very consistent as well. And yeah, it was good to go over there and get a win and, you know, try to get some of the rivalry up. And it's good seeing now that the Vic guys are coming over and coming to our series. And, you know, it's really good seeing people from other states, not just SA drivers now. So, yeah, um, yeah that, sure. you know, Graham has been a massive help with that, um, you know, nationally as well as just, you know, between the couple of states. Well, uh, switching gears a little bit here, i got a question on uh, <laughs> you and Farron 
your banter going back and forth. Tell, tell us about the snail. Where did the snail come from? Oh, look, it's a bit of reverse psychology there because uh, Ferran couldn't keep up with me, but um, uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty good. Me, me and Jason are pretty good friends. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of banter, but, you know, it does get people uh, watching on, people a bit more excited for the battles. Um, I remember going out at, uh, I think it was Winton Raceway, and he said, um, you know, we've got Dale and Ferran, we'll probably get five views. We've got Snail and Ferran, we'll get 5,000 views. So it's just, you know, that little bit of banter in the pits and, uh, and all that definitely gets a bit of hype and, you know, people definitely want to watch that battle because, you know, they know we're going to go a lot harder now that we've got that, you know, that little bit of banter we've got there now. So um, I think Jason's got it in his head a little bit now, which is good. So I don't think I need to make come up with another name for him <laughs> because he hasn't beat me yet. So we'll, we'll keep that one under our belts and see how we go for the next time we meet. Al, if you do, so, if you do want to crowdsource a, uh, a nickname for him from you, this is a good place to uh, to ask for one. So... You can, if you do have <laughs> one, chuck it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> that's also something I had a quick idea on. Like, obviously, with the way social media and stuff and YouTube and all this stuff is now, do you find that having, you know, not beef, but like having this banter and stuff between drivers is making for a more like interesting show to put on? Like, you know, you almost get that wrestling sign of aspect to it where you know you've got guys talking shit to each other and then going out and battling and stuff like that and then you've got guys you know you've got jason you've got cam uh you've got mike lake yeah scotty miller's got a youtube channel now going well, he's had one for years but he's actually you know putting effort behind it you've been posting heaps of stuff lately as well like all your um yeah your old trips and the old rounds and stuff like that do you find that like you know it's adding a little bit more and maybe getting some fresh faces into drifting seeing like this little bit of rivalry with you know and also all our, you know, now more social media exposure, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It definitely, um, you know, gives something else to it, especially, um, you know, I've got YB Media helping me. He does awesome videos. Um, he comes out and does some filming that does quick edits for me. You know, he doesn't anything, don't need anything too long. Um, something, you know, especially for people that, you know, are not fully into drift. They don't want to sit there and, um, you know, maybe watch a whole event that goes for three, three something hours over the whole day. But, you know, narrowing it down to a couple minute clips and, um that definitely gets a, another whole um, different crowd of people interested in it, I guess, um, because I've seen that many people that, you know, are not really interested in drift. They come to an event, they jump in a car or even just watch from the side of the track and, you know, they leave and they message me flat out saying it was unbelievable. They've never seen anything like it. They don't see why, you know, drift is not bigger than it should be, um, you know, which is a frustrating thing from driver's point of view. Is I guess you'd feel the same, all you boys would feel the same that, mm -hmm. You know, I think we should get a bit more uh, credit for what we do. And it's a, it is a very exciting sport to watch um, once someone actually gets out there and, you know, gets to the track. So I'd recommend anyone that, you know, wants to see what it's all about, come out to the track and see what it is. Don't just watch it on TV because it's an absolute different experience at the track. All right. Well, um, <laughs> that's been cool. I think we should probably go on. Can you guys give me a recap from round three at Malala? Because that was this is the first round I've missed since DSA, like since the state series has been a thing. So I was I was interstate for that weekend, but um, obviously you you won again, didn't you, Dale? It was you versus Jake in the final, I believe. Yeah, that was an epic battle. That was unbelievable. Battle, battle of the one viers, or sorry, the sun viers. You both both with the silver. Yeah, that's it. yeah. So yeah. Um, how how did that go for you? Obviously winning again, but like how how did the entire event go for you from your perspective? 
Uh, well, Miller mentioned it uh, a little while ago as well, and it was, you know, it hit home with me as well. For some reason, that round was just, um, you know, the most fun I've had at Malalara in a long time. I don't know what it was. Um, I mean, the ADGP, the old ADGP line that we did, the outer line, that was obviously awesome. You know, it doesn't look like much on paper, um, but it is a very technical, tricky um, course to get right, um, especially with the outer clip. There's no, there's no real judging points. It's hard to know exactly where you're going to be. So... The judges were a little bit more lenient this time and, you know, gave you a few metres uh, grace here and there just to put on big battles because they wanted you going hard and fast. Um, if they were picking on one wheel over, I think it would have made for a, you know, a bit of a bit more of an average day. But because they had that um, bit of a leeway there, people were going absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, Miller and uh, Jake were probably the standouts for just literally throwing it in top of top speed backwards. It was unbelievable to chase, awesome to watch. So... Um, yeah, it was a wicked day. Come down to me and Jake again. Um, we always have good battles together. Um, yeah, he, uh, I think he overcooked it. Just went a little bit too far backwards on one of these runs. Um, but the two before that were just like, we, we didn't know who would have won. We were both door on door. Um, yeah, it was some amazing battles. Judging from the photos, it was um, some very some amazing entries into that, that right-hander. Particularly when you look at the photos that like Will got where you can see Ferrin's backwards, and I can't remember who was chasing him, but they were also pretty much backwards. And I think it was Miller. I think I think yeah, that, was, yeah. that was Miller. And that, that, that's, that's just an outstanding yeah. photo to to look at and go. That's not that's not two guys, you know, chucking down a lap that doesn't matter. Just two guys, two guys dicking around, around on the line yeah. in a comp. You know, that's that's pretty pretty awesome to have in a series. Yeah, it was amazing, especially with the inside track view as well, which has never been done. Um, I mean, we've watched it, you know, sitting there waiting for our battles to come up on the inside of the track. But um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to get out there and actually view from there. But I mean, the photos was, yeah, the photos were enough to just to see what that that was all about. It looked awesome from the middle of the track. Yeah, I mean, that that inside of the track, I didn't get a chance to get there either. Um, but from all the photos, from what the videos that people were taking from that, it gives such a different perspective, being able to be on mm. the inside there and see that transition into the left-hander um, a lot closer and be a lot of the judges allowed to be a lot more or able to be a lot more um, detailed in their like analysis of that transition to uh, turn two. I think that that's probably a really good thing for that layout. Yeah. Well, I, um, I remember I managed to watch the live stream on my phone from um, it was the Miller and Jake battle, uh, their rerun. I watched it and like watching from the outside on my phone, I saw like, oh Miller Miller's won that, no worries. Like not not a problem at all. And then I saw obviously Jake got the win. I'm like, that's crap, where am I? And then I saw footage from the inside from where the judges were. I'm like, oh no, yeah, no. Like Miller cooked that so bad and Jake did all he could to not hit him. Like he did it it does take that extra bit of perspective to actually be able to see, oh no, that's not what it was. And having that vantage point right on the inside where you're not getting dutched by smoke on the outside of the track. Definitely seems to um to have made a, a um a much better judging experience for the uh, and spectating experience for Malala. So hopefully, uh, when we go back there next year sometime, we can continue with that. Yep, I mean it was a lot of work to uh, to put that out in the middle there. I know that um the guys from DSA, Landon Stewie, they put in the hard yards to get everything <laughs> out there. But um, also at the end of the event, everyone with their car trailers helping load those tyres and get them back where they needed to be um, made it a lot easier. So, yeah, hopefully it's going to be something that we can do 
next year again because it's uh, it's a bloody awesome thing to have. Another awesome thing to have um, as as a segue was the uh, victory skids being back because obviously at the bend it's a little bit more um, not shunned but or you know frowned upon about doing burnouts afterwards. But uh, I saw some pretty pretty spectacular driving between the three of you uh, on the front straight there. You yourself, Miller and Jake, uh, doing those three way tandem ringies on the front straight. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, obviously, they said, you know, keep off the brake and, you know, a little bit of a celebration that never never really hurt the track as long as you keep moving. So, um, unfortunately, my, my, I popped out of first gear just as I went to enter. I didn't, I I didn't say nothing. You could have just you could have just gone, hey, it was great. It was, it was so, I didn't say nothing about uh, the fact you did yeah. a whole lap without going sideways, but... <laughs> I see. I seen an editor come up that didn't show that, so I was happy with that part of it. But no, nah, that was good fun. It was. Uh, I think. I think Jake. Jake said about doing that. He said, "Let's try the three room, three way dr- uh, drift donuts." And uh, yeah, it wasn't really planned until we started doing it, and it worked out pretty good. Then that's awesome. It's um, great seeing little bits and pieces of footage like that covered out from events, like where you know, rather than just straight drifting or whatever. I guess the other cool thing seeing from. Um, from round three, which I haven't seen from Malar before, was having drones out there and some drone footage. So um, yeah. that was that was pretty that awesome. They come up with some awesome footage. Um, Tom, uh, the guy that got that, a lot of that footage, he's actually uh, putting an application for doing uh, for filming this weekend. So I hope that that's come through because that's you know um, having drones at the bend is going to be amazing. Um, the, the way the the way the bend set up, we're having drone footage. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. So let's hope that goes through. We've got and, a uh, we thumbs up from Will, so I think that indicates that we might. Uh, we yeah. might I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't know if that was <laughs> if that was an inside thumbs up or not, but oh, I guess right. it's an outside <laughs> one now. Oh, well, well, it is. It is now. So I, I, I think <laughs> I think he's actually going to be helping out with um, some live stream. So that's, oh, that would be yeah. awesome. So that's yeah, that's going to add another suspe- uh, you know um, perspective. Just like the you know the American stuff over at FD and um, you know uh, let, let's hope the judges can even use some of that footage possibly and um, you know that'll make you know make for some more accurate calls as well. well so, the judges definitely yeah, use awesome. the live stream to uh, yeah. to review their yeah. shots. So yeah, if if they've got the shots, I'm sure they'll use them to uh, to see what happened. <laughs> definitely, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, well, speaking of rounds four or five this weekend, maybe we should do a quick preview of um, what's happening this weekend out at the bend. So it is the final rounds of uh, Drifting SA State Series this weekend. It's, uh, what's the date? Day 11. So it's what, the 15th and 16th? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 So round four on the Saturday, it's going to be the um, reverse bowl layout. So prime parking for that will be out on the the back side of the track and uh, the cars will be running around the bowl and then in through the little infield horseshoe and then back around at what we would call turn one and two so that's the layout for round four um hopefully it's dry because that round layout in the wet usually has a lot of carnage yeah. it's not fun, not fun. Um, i'm happy with I managed- that I crashed there in the dry, so it doesn't bother me. But it is it is bold to be running that layout when you've got a comp the next day. It's yeah, really going to so, uh, assort the people that are you know able to chuck it on the wall but not go too hard versus the people that you know occasionally find the wall a bit harder than they probably should. So that's a good thing I'm not competing. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then obviously we're going to move into the Sunday. So we go back to back Saturday and then we're going to have a Saturday night practice session as well, um, which will be the round five layout um, basically, which is going to be reverse over the hill. So that's down the front straight, grab, you'd be over the fourth, Dale, grabbing fourth, coming over that crest. Yeah, fourth back to, I think we go fourth, it'd be fourth back to third, back to second, I yeah. think, from memory last time. Yeah. Um, tricky one in, inside the car, but um, I remember those battles with Aussie, um, mm -hmm. me and Aussie on that was just epic. So, um, yeah, that's going to be, I think it was, what was it, the, the Victorian lad as well, Zach as well. Zach, was, yeah, the one with you and Zach, yeah. where Zach went from yeah, like not, amazing like battles. from 30, um, 30 seconds to 17th or something with those battles. Yeah. But, um, yeah, good into it yeah yeah that's it that layout is just intense like uh, it's my going, favorite layout going flat out into turn one is something like yeah obviously chucking at a wall doing 150 odd k's an hour and then like going through a bank corner which is like yeah it's cool and it's exciting but when you're going backwards doing basically the same speed and then you throw it over a crest the car gets light and then as you transition the car loads up and then it either goes inside, outside, or where you want it to. Like, it's it's absolutely, like, the best feeling of that weightlessness into the big compression. And then and that's, going that's from the 100, no 140 k's <laughs> an hour to, what, probably 40, if you're lucky, to get into yeah. that, that hairpin. Like, and you can't see the corner and you're coming at it either. So yeah. it's literally blind over, blind over the crest. It doesn't look like much on TV, but you literally cannot see the corner until you hit the top of the hill. If, so If you're going to yeah. go for pro rides and you're pre-booking, book for the Sunday. The Sunday layout is definitely something you need to be in a car to appreciate. Definitely. It's one yeah. of those things, it doesn't matter how many times you run that layout, you hold your breath a little bit at the top mm -hmm. before you clutch kick. Because mm -hmm. each time you're like, I really hope I've pointed this thing and aimed this thing at the right spot, because if I haven't, I'm going off the side towards those tyre stacks real quick. It's a lot like driving Gambia. It's the same, the same feeling you get. Yeah. That's why I keep going back and writing off cars every year. It's like <laughs> that feeling is is unmatched on any any racetrack. It right. Like it's so hard. Get it right. Yeah, I don't know about you, Dale, but I find that that the key to that layout is not um, leaving the entry too late and then snipping the inside. Because I I found if I uh, go anywhere near the inside on that layout as in when it goes around the left-hander, I really, really struggle. So I tried to, like, I come over the crest and try and get right on the right-hand side, nearly where the pit exit meets the track. Um, so find any time that I go shallow there, I end up having a handbrake and just having issues with having a handbrake all the way out to the outside. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's all about commitment, that one. <clears throat> if you don't commit properly, uh, you know, you're, you're really extending... Um, trying to extend to get out there and slowing yourself down uh, a lot more than you should be. So it's basically just full commitment and stay as wide as you possibly can. Um, obviously, you know, foot brake, hand brake to slow yourself down because, as Ben said before, you're coming from pretty high speed down to down to almost nothing. Um, and then just trying to find where your steering wheel is as well. So as you flick it over that hill, you kind of lose you lose where everything is. Um, and then, you know, you, you finally, once you get the car back settled again, you finally start to get the wheel back and... It's a definitely a different feeling, um, but same as Gambia. Once you get it right, it's it's it, yeah, it's unbelievable feeling. And if you want to have that feeling driving that layout yourself, and um, you haven't entered obviously for this weekend for the prac, I pretty much guarantee at some point they're <coughs> going to run it at Locktoberfest over the three days. 
So um, get your entries in for October 1st, which is coming up at the 11th to 13th of November. Come out, have a party. That one, uh, that layout, you're, you're probably going to, if you're going to do the fast one, they're gonna, you're going to have to have a cage because that'll be full run up. will definitely require a cage, but you could do it slower without a cage, but it won't be as fun. So have a cage. <laughs> <laughs> And then the reach, the reach area as yeah, well. Yeah, so obviously that's um, something that was announced uh, well, yesterday, today. Um, obviously, keep it reach, reach area, and the last round of the 2021-2022 season is coming up the weekend before that, which is November 4th to 6th. And DSA and uh, keep it reach have teamed up, which is really cool to see. And uh, basically, you can buy a big bundle and get the weekend pass for Keep It Reet, Reet Siri at Calder Park. So doing stuff like uh, the crossover layer, uh, layout, um, reverse over the hill, DCA layouts, all that stuff, as well as three days at the bend for a, um, a, a cheaper price because you're buying two for one and getting a bundle deal. So From if you want to do lots of driving and spend like... 595 something like that? Yeah, I think it's about 150 extra. Just to get, it's about to do the next week. Yeah, there we so, go. Yeah. Five hundred ninety-five dollars gets you both Battle Royale and the uh, Rats Rat Siri and the Oktoberfest. That's so, hundred dollars a day. Just under hundred dollars a day. Yeah, <laughs> not too bad, eh? And if you think that's a lot of money, then that's also like probably a quarter of what you're going to spend on tires if you're going to drift that much. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And scrappies. Yeah, water sprayers and scrappies, and then pay for more entries. That's how you get more driving. Or water sprayers and one pair of tyres, because, you know, water sprayers are a godsend by the looks of it. I need to definitely invest in the set myself. Also got the uh, end-of-year party coming up in December. Yeah, so December 10 is the the date that I've seen. I don't know if it's been completely locked in yet, but um, DSA parties are always a good time come we'll do some fancy awards and then we'll do some not so fancy awards and have a few drinks and i think last year actually about early i went i went to stay at a hotel afterwards You're pretty soft. i did oh, i was soft all right well this year i'm party ben so just yeah. keep that in mind okay well, we'll swap swap uh roles <laughs> that? Out I'll, be, I'll be soft and go home yeah oh did you, you go think... a little bit over the top last year did you take uh uh i went home with um well, at the same time as Vitaly at like five o'clock in the morning. So that's that's good effort if you can keep up with Vitaly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. That was, that was a good, good one. one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got. I'm up at the bend, so with wifey, so I don't get to drink. Ah. I have to drive back up there. But ah, you need to drink all of my drinks now. Congratulations. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, as long as you pay for your drinks, still, I'll drink them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but, we'll see how we go. Keep, keep that in mind. So um, if you do want to come and celebrate drifting for the year and catch up with all the drifters without the stress of having a broken car behind you, um, come meet us. It'll be in the city somewhere. Um, it seems to be the go-to now. Nice and central for everyone. So come have some drinks. Have a have a good time. And um, hopefully... Well, we're not going to make a, a state of ourselves like we did when we did that one lockdown live stream. We won't be that bad, but it'll be pretty close, I think. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, the last point that we had on our little list of things to talk about: uh, the charity day out at the bend on the skid pan. Um, the skids, skids for jazz. jazz. Yep. 
um, that was a pretty cool event. Um, I know you, Dale, took a, a bunch of um, people out um, that were been affected by cancer and that sort of thing. Um, How did you find it? Do you have, have fun? Was it any interesting, you know, people that you met or, or stories, things like that? Yeah, definitely. I, I'd up taking uh, Jazz's brother out, um, and, you know, a few other family friends and all that. So, yeah, it was awesome to put smiles on their faces. Um, unfortunately, we're a little bit tight on ties this year um, with all the, the whole pandemic thing going on. It's, you know, everything's hard to get, everything's more expensive. So, you know, I've got to thank Kumo Tires massively because a lot of the scrappy tires that are left from the rounds I use for stuff like that. Um, um, they've, they've been a massive supporter of me now for a, a good few years now. Um, so, Massive thanks to them, but yeah, it, it was awesome seeing some smiles on people's faces. They absolutely loved it. Um, you know, they were still smiling for 10, 15 minutes after getting out of the car, and that was just at low speed on the skid pan. So um, yeah, it was an awesome day. Um, big thanks to you guys, all you guys, and Drifting SA and everyone that put that on. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't as big a turnout as we, we thought it might have been, um, but it still had heaps of people out there watching, um, getting in, getting rides, and yeah, putting smiles on faces. Like I said, it was awesome. Yep, and uh, probably worth mentioning because of the the nature of the of the event um, and the lower speed and the extra precautions we take we took for it, we could take people that were a little bit younger than normal. Um, so gave them a good opportunity to uh, to try something a bit different. And I think there was a you know we can take a lot away from it. And I think Landon um, and uh, Bryony and Kimmy are, are pretty keen to do it again next year. So uh, yeah, that, that's going to be may become a staple of the the calendar for us here in SA, which I think is a pretty cool thing to have a, a charity event like that. Yeah, definitely. Righto. Well, Dale, you got, you've got a question from a fan that got one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you got, you got, got one. one, didn't you? <laughs> we don't have a I big run with getting so. questions. This, this, this is why we don't ask questions yeah. on the same day as the podcast. That time <laughs> we asked it like a day in advance, we got heaps of questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think it was from just let me double check uh, it was from uh, Cyber, yeah, Sideways Craze basically just asking me um, uh, about sim driving if I do it, if it's helped me out in real life um, uh, answers yes to all of them um, been doing for God since 2019 I think when uh, uh, the pandemic hit we couldn't do much uh, we couldn't do much driving So yeah, I remember a, when you bought your sim rig I heard all about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, just, just about to mention thanks to yourself, um, yeah, Ethan, you know, everyone else that helped out because I'm pretty computer illiterate, especially when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, you guys helped me set it up. Will um, Will in the background there, he's, um, you know, made my car in the game, which is amazing. He spent so many hours on it. It was oh, so many pieces that he put together to make that sim car look exactly like it did in real life. It was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, back to it. It's it's definitely helped my driving massively. Um, probably over the last two years, um, you know, trying different things like using the foot brake. Didn't really know what even using the foot brake was until about well until I started on the sim rig. Um, driving without the use of handbrake, trying different things, entering different ways. Um, all can be done on the sim ring without having to worry about you know crashing in the wall and costing you real money. Um, I got the sim rig in the background just to say pretty basic setup didn't really cost a whole lot of money um you know bought the frame added to it you know got it got it feeling the way you know measured everything up in my car kind of got it as close as i could 
Um, but it's definitely helped out my consistency um, with my driving and then obviously trying new things. It's, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, and you can see now that people have come up through the ranks, literally come up, sorry, through just driving sim rigs, jumping into real cars and actually doing really well. So, um, you know, with, with the help of a few people like Ben and people who know what they're doing, um, you know, you can get those sims pretty dialed in. Uh, they can really help you in real life for sure. And I think we've seen through the drift school car, the number of kids that come out that have only ever driven sim rigs come out and absolutely nail it in the school car. And within, you know, five minutes, they've pretty much nailed the donuts. And within another 10 minutes, they've nailed the figure eights. Like the, the proof is there that the sim rig, um, driving sim rigs and sims is 100% good practice for in real life driving. So... I think, I think the yeah. biggest issue you have with sim rigs is people that have been drifting for 10, 15 years. Then, like, you, you had it yourself, Dale. I remember when you first started on the sim, you were like, this is fucked. Like, how do you people do this? Because you watch the young kids going from a sim rig to a car, it adds sensors. Like, you get the seat of your pants feeling. You feel the car moving around. When you've been doing yeah. that for 15 years and then you get in, you've got a steering wheel and like either a screen strapped to your face or a screen in front of you and you lose all of that, it makes it so much harder. And like if you can adapt to that, it will make your driving so much better because then you can start to learn other inputs other than, oh, I feel the car going sideways. So, um, yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah, it was, it was a very frustrating start. Um, I, I think the first time I did an online comp, I think it was, um, you know, for the first eight years of my drifting, I used to get the shakes on the line, hand and feet, pretty about yeah, seven or eight years, I reckon. Um, and then that went away one day, um, just completely went away. I don't get nervous anymore, I don't get the shakes. Um, you know, that took a lot of years. And then I remember jumping on the sim rig in 2019 and I was absolutely all over the shop. My hands were shaking, feet were shaking. Could not do, couldn't understand why, but yeah, it was just a, it, like, it's a full different experience. But like you said, it definitely, once you get adapt to that and you can, um, you know, you can drive without the feeling of the inertia of the car, um, you know, it definitely uh, helps out your driving real life for sure. Yeah, well, I've got to say, though, with the sim reg stuff, we need to start doing some more rally cross because <laughs> we haven't played dirt. That was, that was the thing you were good at. That's why you want to go back to it. <laughs> this is the only chance for you to beat Dale. Jesus, let me have it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to mention just a couple of things before we left as well. Um, we've got some events coming up soon and, um, you know, Looking into the future, um, uh, many, many of you know now I've got a baby on the way, so that's, uh, you know, she comes along in uh, January now, so we'll see what happens with next year. We might just do a few events here and there or just stick to the, the local stuff. Um, but the aim is, and we'll see how we go with sponsorship and see what we can work out, we'd love to send the car over and join a few of the other guys from Australia and uh, do something like D1NZ um so you know that that's on the cards but again that's it's all cost a lot of money so we'll see what we can work out in our uh in our year off um if we have the year off and just see what we can come up with that way because it'd be good to go over and uh represent our country over uh, on, a, on a bigger stage i guess um obviously that and stuff like america would be amazing as well but we'll see what the budget um you know budget holds and see what we can do but that's definitely something in the in the horizon um, and we've got the Reckham uh, Driver Jam coming up in Queensland. I think that's on the 5th of November at Queensland Raceway. Um, they got um, Sam Meredith there. He's, he's done well and he's got um, Shane Van Gisbergen that's going to be driving one of the cars with us over there as well. So, um, yeah, there's still, still a few exciting things coming up before the end of the year. Um, 
and then hopefully also get back up to JDMX Park once once one more time before before the year's out. That's always an awesome awesome weekend up there. So that's another thing. If you've got a car and you want to get some real seat time, JDMX Park's an awesome spot for that. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. you can camp and do a whole weekend, which is always fun. It would be awesome to see awesome, you in, yeah. in um, New Zealand giving it a crack in your own car. Because, uh, I mean, it seems like everyone that goes over there and doesn't use their own car has all sorts of issues. So I think taking your own nah, car... No, just, just, just jump <laughs> in a Commodore, mate. You'll be fine. <laughs> taking your own car is definitely a key to, to doing semi-well when you go uh, when you go to another country. But, yeah, it'd be awesome to see you over there. And uh, Yeah, it would be, that would have been awesome. I mean, when we went to IDC... Um, um, Dave Egan did a, you know, did the right thing and tried to give the car a bit more power when I went over there and it just made it a little bit more laggy. Um, driving Mondello Park is very much like round five, I guess, coming over that hill blind uh, in a car you haven't you know, done many laps in and I think they had like 60 or 70 drivers over there. So over the, over the practice period, you only get about, I think I got about two laps in the wet, two laps Apache and one lap in the dry over that whole time over there. Um, but you know, going over there with your own car would be yeah, would be absolutely amazing. We 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 did think about that idea, but obviously that's a bit more expensive than than taking it to New Zealand. So I think New Zealand's probably our first option. We'll see what we'll see what we can get. We'll chat to a few boys over there and see what they can come up with for us as well. So yeah, fingers crossed that's on the rise and we'll see how we go with that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Ah, awesome. All right, Dale. Well, thank you very much for joining us finally. And um it's been good having a chat. And uh of course Thanks, we uh, we wish you the best for this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was Thanks good for finally you. making Same it to out. You, Tate. Spoken, you mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just as enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> oh shucks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, same to you, Tate, for this weekend. Hopefully, you yeah, on. I think I'll just be happy if I make it. Yeah, if I get yeah. if I get there with a working car, I think I'll be happy. I think that'll be yeah. a win. I'm gonna. I haven't done a comp this year that I've had a functional car in. So one. I did nice. one in a Commodore. That's you know, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, again, uh, thanks Dale for joining us. Good luck, Tate. Uh, thank you, everybody that's watching and or listening on Spotify and the Facebook. Are we on the YouTube again? I can't remember. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And uh, I know we're on Spotify and Facebook. So facebook.com slash the outside line 69, I think. Yeah. Same as the Instagram that I don't post on that Tate never lets me, never stops letting me know that I don't post on. You were the one and, that said it. You said it on. Yeah. Podcast. And then I made like one, one banging meme and then I gave up. I went banging out, like, is a little. <laughs> I look, man, generous. I Snapchat photoshopped Stewie's head on a meme and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you everybody for watching. Uh, we have been the outside line, and we'll be back. We'll be back before the end of the year. Who knows? We might do a Christmas special. Thanks for putting <laughs> up with my chin cam. <laughs> yes, that's it. All right, thanks everybody, and enjoy or whatever. How do we close these things? I, I forgot. Just will cut it. Go. Done. Cut it. Will cut it. <laughs> <laughs>